Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Kelly Wisness. Hi, this is Kelly Wisness. Welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. We're pleased to welcome back Randy Deckert, Senior Vice President of Client Engagement here at Bessler. In this episode, Randy will provide us with a recap from the recent HFMA Western Symposium 2024 Carnival that she recently attended in Las Vegas. Welcome back and thank you for joining us today, Randy. Hi, Kelly. It's great to be with you. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and jump in today. So can you share a few highlights from some of the keynote speakers at the event? Absolutely. So one of the one of the keynotes that was I thought was an interesting pick was Scott Hamilton. Um, as you may know, he is a, a U.S. figure skater who you know has medaled four times. And the reason HFMA brought him on was number one, he's been a professional patient from the time that he was adopted. Um, he had illnesses um, as a child, and that's kind of why he got into skating. It was the one thing that he could do. And he also faced cancer multiple times. And one of the things that, you know, he stressed, and I think it applies to, you know, just life in general, but leadership and in healthcare is one is empathy. And then two is, you know, persistence. And um, he really talked about how many times he fell, uh, including the first time that he was in the in the Junior Olympics, laying on his back, looking up, saying, oh, my gosh, I did this in front of 17,000 people. But he got up and did it again. And um, it was a really a story about resilience. And, um, you know, I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. And like I said, just from being a professional patient and his experience of looking at all the challenges he faced, not as challenges, but second chances of, um, you know, recovery and what he was going to do with his life was very inspiring. The other uh, keynote speaker that was also really inspiring was Neo Cuero. Um, Neo is, you know, VP of RevCycle, who is now in the speaking circuit. And uh, she faced, you know, a very traumatic um, life disease and through that through that trauma and almost almost dying you know she has written a book joy notes and um, she she also talks about you know leadership and once again how facing something like that and having that second chance is is critical so the resilience from those two people was um you know, very heartwarming, but also the care that they received um, and the reason that they got their second chance, I thought was was very, very noteworthy. And then, of course, um, the person who closed out the conference was Tracy Spears, and she is known for um, her leadership talks. And, you know, she brought a lot a lot at the end. You think it's the end of the conference. Oh my gosh, last keynote speaker. And as she talked about leadership, she really, you know, involved people. And um, she also shared her failures and how she tur turned things around. And one of the main things is, is mindset. And, um, 
you know, as, as a, as a leader or just in life in general, your mindset really does determine um, your outlook and how you view things and how you act. Um, so that was just, like I said, very inspiring. And so those were a little bit different than your normal, you know, um, CFO standing up and talking. So I just thought people might want to, you know, the next time they're at an event, if one of those speakers are there, make sure they catch them because it, it really is worth hearing from them. I completely agree on a personal level. I, I used to work with Tracy and have actually seen her perform or, you know, give her speech um, at other events that uh, from other companies I've worked at. So, I mean, she is amazing and I'm sure the other ones were amazing too. It sounds like you had some really great keynote speakers there. Absolutely. So speaking of kind of, you know, topics and things that were discussed there, you know, how was AI discussed at this conference? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because you can't turn anywhere without someone talking about AI. It was interwoven through, you know, several presentations as well as chatter at the tables, you know, what people were doing as well as, you know, folks, um, you know, at the at the booth talking about how they're thinking about AI. I think one of the one of the main takeaways is that you know, AI is a way in healthcare specifically to take a bite out of the cost. It's not about replacing people, but it is about, you know, automating some of those mundane tasks and also um, allowing people to do more with less because of the automation. One of the biggest areas that I saw it talked about at this particular event was in doing chart reviews. So actually looking at coding or even a chart review from a, a physician perspective, what's documented and what the codes presented were. Um, and then also analyzing the chart and looking at the data to see if anything was missed from a best practice um, perspective. So, you know, throughout the whole conference, like I said, you couldn't turn around without someone talking about AI. It wasn't about replacing jobs. It was about um, making healthcare more efficient by like automating certain tasks, but you still need a human at the center for context. Most definitely. And yes, AI is, is everywhere right now. I think every conference I've been at for the last year, there's been a big component on AI. Um so I know you kind of talked about AI already, but what were some of those like reoccurring topics in the panels that you were hearing? I'm sure there were things that you just kept hearing over and over again. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's still a lot of talk about um, value-based care. And one one speaker in particular talked about how things need to change in the U.S., um, you know, brought up the fact, you know, um, our commercial insurers are and and pharma are posting you know record profits however um, you know for the average American healthcare costs have continued to go up and um, there's also a lack of access so there was still a lot of talk about value-based care and um, how we can operate differently and through that um, some you know potential, cost efficiencies. One was telehealth is here to stay. You know, during COVID that boomed and, 
uh, that's, that's one one area that is definitely here to stay. Is definitely here to stay. It's definitely been proven that for um, you know routine follow up um, that telehealth can work and can be beneficial, and especially for those who maybe have challenges um, accessing healthcare, telehealth is a great option. The other thing that um, was brought up again. In, in relation to value-based care was at-home health. So at-home health is where you can have inpatient care at home. Um, over the last 18 months to three years, there have been you know several states and payers and hospital systems that have been modeling this. And what I've heard over and over again that patients do better in their home when they can be treated at home and it ends up costing less. And so this is something that, um, you know, the systems where it's been modeled and the states where it's been modeled and they've had success, it's now it's more about how can we get all payers on board with this type of, with this type of service. The other thing is um, payer provider collaboration Denials are something that was talked about, you know, and woven through different panels, presentations, um, business partners presenting. When I was sitting around the tables, a lot of people talked about how they're handing denials. And there was actually a session on how payers and providers can collaborate better. You know, part of it was AI looking at denials. Part of it was um, looking at contracts and ensuring that the contract terms are appropriate. And then part of it was, you know, education for in, internal staff uh, that came up fairly, fairly frequently. And kind of going, you know, from that to, you know, staffing, that was still another thing that is a concern. There are areas like reimbursement that are aging out and then other areas where in the, the hospital margins are so slim, um, making sure that they have appropriate staffing for quality of care, um, you know, things like AI and automating that really, you know, plays plays into um, how the CFOs are, are looking at managing their hospitals, not replacing staff, but, you know, having high quality staff and augmented, um, you know, using automation. The other thing that um, I heard more chatter about at the tables and not so much necessarily in a specific panel or breakout session was cybersecurity. A lot of hospitals have um, over the last few years have had, you know, ransomware attacks and, you know, unfortunately there have been, you know, fatalities, you know, in the U.S. as a result of ransomware attacks and, um ambulances being diverted. So a lot of people um, were talking about how they can, you know, protect their data and then, you know, how it all basically starts with employees. So there was a lot of um, conversation at the table and not so much necessarily at a particular panel on that. And then lastly, throughout my conversations of, you know, introducing, um, you know, some VPs and, you know, just talking to different panelists as well as just sitting at the table, uh, leadership kept coming up and, you know, 
because of the the slim margins and because of uh, the challenges in healthcare with you know rising rising costs, staffing, um, you know a lot of a lot of hospitals uh, leadership are looking at you know how they're going to sustain and serve their communities. And um, you know one of the things that I thought was very, great for people to hear was there was a panel on how you know you have to navigate in leadership and one of the things that everyone has to do is embrace change and with the rapid onset of of technology um, we can never lose sight of the fact that we are treating a human being and a patient is more than just an, uh, you know, an ID and a number. And so I was really happy to hear about how folks are are looking at how they're going to drive the helm, but still um, remain, you know, patient centric for uh, the communities that they serve. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. Those are all some great topics and definitely things that have been, you know, trending and in news and, and all of that. You know, why should people attend in-person events like this one? So I think that the reason that people should attend is, you know, number one, you get to collaborate with your with your peers and um, have those candid conversation about what's working well, what's not working well, whether you, you know, join a think tank or it's just at the breakfast table. And then it's also about what you do don't know. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, you know, technology is at such a fast pace and how people are dealing with it, how people are thinking about it. Um, it's, it's a great way to um, meet people and expand your network. So when you're faced with, you know, what you might do in your organization, or if you have a question, you've built a network of people that you can tap on outside of your organization for a little bit different perspective. Most definitely. There are some great reasons to, to go to those events in person. Well, Randy, thank you so much for sharing your insights from the recent 2024 HFMA Western Symposium. We really appreciate all of these insights that you've shared today. Thank you so much for having me on, Kelly. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. Until next time. This concludes our episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help protect and optimize revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.